O Lord our God, thy table was richly provided this morning hour for everyone to take something of it, O Lord, a very serious thing without which thy church here below cannot function, forgiveness. And now do thou provide another morsel, O Lord, for those that hunger and thirst after righteousness as we are gathered here to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in John chapter 21. Now, this is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, while he still spent some time here on earth. We gather it was about 40 days, dragging the net of fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw fire of the coals there, and fish later on, and bread. Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, and hundred and fifty-three and three, and over all that there were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus said unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. Now, this now is the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, Yea, Lord. Thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved, because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest where thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. 
Then Peter, turning about, see the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper and said, Lord, which is he that betrayed thee? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what shall this man do? Jesus said unto him, If I will, that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then when this saying abroad among the brethren, that this, that that disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him he shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testified of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, everyone, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. I've read the whole chapter. In Hebrews we read, God, who at sundry times spoke by the prophets, fold. Now in the last time he has spoken by his son. Not only has spoken, but sent his son. Made under the law to redeem them that were under the law from the curse of the law. And he is the one that revealed the will of his father in the fullness. At the beginning of this account of the gospel, it says, The word was made flesh, and we beheld his glory as of the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we have handled that word. We have touched it. We heard it. We were about three years about him, touching, eating with him, sleeping, working, marveling at, at what he was doing. You know, the very own disciples on occasion say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? They were amazed and they drew. Their focus was on Jesus Christ because they were going to be the witnesses chosen by him. And now that his great work on earth, the sacrifice for the sin of the whole world was done, when we read this account, this last chapter, it appears he wanted them to change their focus now. He was not going to be anymore with them there to touch, to see, to hear him. Jesus Christ was going to be now here upon this earth in the form of his church. He the head, we the members. And you wonder when you read this account and others as after his resurrection, those that met him didn't recognize him. till he revealed himself to them. Again, that their eyes, as they would say, now we see him no more. That they should now see Jesus Christ in each other as he reveals himself. They recognized him, we were sure that knowing that it was the Lord. And then Jesus 
it appears, at least the impression I get, is that he took a, a little walk with Peter and talked with him and asked him three times, three times, do you love me? Now, the very disciple that was so encouraged and so outspoken, saying, oh, I will follow thee. When Jesus said, you cannot follow me now, but you will afterwards. I was so encouraged, I will follow you, he said. And even unto death. And Jesus had to tell him, you know, Satan has desired to sift you. But I have prayed that your faith fail not. And that speaks also to us, I believe, as we heard last evening about the trials. Some of those trials, we will not be able to just pray them away, that they go away. But what we can pray is for strength, for faith, even for one another, so that it doesn't fail. Jesus didn't pray for Peter that he wouldn't face the trial, wouldn't have to face the trial, but his faith would be strengthened so that he feels not. And now, Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? The first question is this. Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And depends how you want to interpret that question. Is More than these, did he mean the other disciples? Do you love me more than they? Because you are the most outspoken one in speaking about it although all of them really promised they would fall unto death? Or do you love me more than they? You love me more than you love them. Well, you know, the, the, the foremost commandment confirmed by Jesus Christ was to love the Lord God with all you got, with your might, your soul, your mind, with every you got. That has not changed. It was just not possible to keep it. Peter was there when he heard these things. So he tells, feed my sheep. You love me, feed my sheep. Change of focus. Jesus is not anymore here. But if you love me, serve them. And three times he asked them. Three times. Well, Peter denied him three times. Well, perhaps because of that. But it's recorded for us, too. How many times have we denied the Lord? And if he would ask us, do you love me? And we say, yes, Lord, we love you. Feed my sheep. Serve one another. You want to love Jesus Christ? He tells you, serve. Peter got impatient and said, well, you know everything. Why do you ask me? Again and again. Peter was willing to fall man to death, he said. And Jesus had to tell him, yes, it's, it's going to be. It's going to be. When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and waxed bitter, thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, one another shall gird thee, and carry thee where thou wouldest not. And this spake is signifying by what death he should glorify God. 
And history does record that, yes, Peter was crucified. Was crucified. Now, Jesus told Peter twice, follow me. And that's as the brother pointed out also this morning. It's not about don'ts and do's and so forth. It's about following Christ, to look to him. Not about counting how many times you forgive somebody or how many good works you did, although they are expected. But it's about following Christ, to keep our eyes on Christ. And although he's not here, but his spirit that has been given unto us to look up to his spirit that his spirit may instruct us that we may follow him. Follow him. Follow me. A simple statement. And everything that Jesus did, everything that he said, everything that he taught us to follow. To follow. And that daily. Daily. And that means, as Jesus said, suffering. Because, first of all, it's the denial of one's own natural inclination. Things that please us just, you know. Although we are called to the law of liberty, in Galatians we read that we should not consume it upon our lusts, that that be the reason why we do these things. But it is by love, serve one another. Serve one another. Again, you want to do something for Jesus do it unto the least of these. The focus more and more is upon the church and the working of it. The church of which Jesus Christ said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. But we see the church is being under attack in our times. It's in attack, especially. There's much confusion there was a, a young man here that used to attend here. He says he has checked so many churches, and all of them that he could find, they were not preaching the truth. So he had to come back and hear. I don't know if he's going to continue back, but this was his free admission of what he had experienced and heard. And this is my prayer that the truth will be continued to proclaim, even though it be not palatable, even though it be not politically correct, even though it will cause problems, persecutions, that it will continue to be proclaimed here. Because we all must give account what we do with the truth, beginning right here at the front, whether we proclaim it without respect of person, and those that receive it, whether they affirm it, just take it. It's for one to speak, the others to judge what is said. Follow me. And Peter turns about and sees that disciple which gathered it was John, who wrote also this account. What shall this man do? You know, it's when we follow Jesus Christ, there is just no room for competition. There's no. He says, Jesus Christ said, he that wants chief among you, let him be the servant of all. Let him be servant. It's a call to service. A call to service. And that nowadays is not well heeded. To serve one another. Yes, we keep faith. We want to keep faith. We say we are faithful. We call ourselves believers. But it says to serve one another with love. It says... Faith which worketh by love. 
That should be the motive. Because God, we are told, is love. The God, one that was in the beginning before everything was, and there was love because God is a trinity, and that's how we understand that God is a trinity, because there was love before everything else was in God. In God. Jesus Christ said, you loved me, the love, I want to share this love with which you loved me before the world was. What an invitation. God is a God of love, just, holy, perfect. And this John has more things to write about love. We gather that even the account of the Gospel of John probably was later on, because he mentions that how Peter will glorify the Lord with his death. So we can assume that Peter had died then already. And this John writes in, in, in the epistle, the first epistle, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and truth. In deed and truth. There's a saying, words are cheap, but actions do matter. Actions. And Jesus called us to service. To service of his body. Because he said, before he was crucified, he says, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Previously, he had summed up the whole law and the prophets by loving God above everything else and the neighbor as thyself. So what was new about it now? Well, it says, as I have loved you, as I have loved you. And we see in Jesus how he loved us. And that we should love one another that way. That way. Even unto death. That's the thing. What was impossible before, now has become possible, as the brother also alluded this morning. Because God doesn't ask us anything to do and doesn't give us the means with which to do it. That's why he told his disciples, even then, Tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power. And I believe that is the right translation, with power, not the right just. What use would be the right if it didn't have the power also to become the children of God? The power even to love as he wants us to love. Now it was possible. Now the challenge is there to love as he loved us, empowered now by the spirit that dwells in us, his spirit. Yeah. And yes, we can quench it, the spirit. We can stop it you know, from flowing on, that love. But if we don't, then God's love can flow. And the manifestation of his love is fundamental in the church Jesus Christ said of the last time, said, when I return on earth, will I find love? Will I find faith? He said. But then he also said, because iniquity shall abound, the love in many shall wax cold. And without love, 
it's without God. Without love, it's not the church of God. By this you shall know that ye are that ye, the world shall know that ye are my disciples. It's the witness to the world by the way we love one another. Yes, you love the sinner also, you want their salvation, but first and foremost, you love the body of Christ, the head, the one another. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. If you don't love, as the Bible says, as Christ commanded us, you don't know God. Later on even says, he says, how can you say you love God whom you don't see if you don't love your brother whom you see? I mean, God puts it very plain and soberly to us. And we need to be reminded of that, lest we are caught up in our emotions sometimes, react, and then even fail to repent of it. How can you love God whom you don't see if you don't love your brother that you see? God gave us our brother, gave us our sister, that we may exercise that love first and foremost. And in doing so, we love God. In doing so. In this time, we live with with many temptations. It is not an open persecution that our forefathers faced, and it seems their fate was so simple. They knew what to do, and they chose to do the right thing, and were witnesses of it, powerful witnesses, even unto their jail keepers. And people knew that they were Christians because they followed Christ. Now it's more doubt and confusion that we're dealing with. And some may be weak that way. But even there, God did provide the brotherhood, did provide the church to strengthen our faith, to strengthen our faith. In this same chapter, if you read, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one had seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. It's the promise that Jesus gave us. And how how can you grasp it or understand it when he says, where two or three gathered together in my name, I'm in their midst. What do you understand under that? Is there a blessing in it? Is it going to strengthen your faith? Is it going to encourage you? I believe so. You need the strengthening of your faith. Gather with those that are faithful. Don't neglect it. Come together. You're going to need it. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he had given us of his spirit.
can't find a place now. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Okay, here it's in, in chapter 3, actually. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in his dead. Hereby perceive ye the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. If we love the brethren, our faith is going to be strong. And to love them means to serve them. Whenever there is an opportunity to serve the body of Christ, Let's be there. Let's be there and do it. It is going to strengthen our faith. Have you tried it? I believe it works. It's God's promise. That's why Jesus Christ put so much emphasis upon the church. And then as, as, as the record is given unto us, the working of the church, members one of another, building one another up, gifts of God given to the church, all of that is available through the church, God did not mean to place individuals by themselves and to struggle. He meant them to help to bear another burden, to help to watch over each other, to encourage one another, and also forgiving one another. You know, the opportunity to forgive, I believe, is greatest in the church, those that are close to us. That's where. I believe most of the forgiving has to be done, the bearing one with another, the long-suffering, the graces that are uh, listed in, in 1 Corinthians 13 about charity. I believe first and foremost will be exercised in the church. And when that happens in the church, those that seek the truth will find it so attractive that they cannot resist it, they will want it. But if they come and don't find it, Sooner or later, they believe. You may be a good witness at your workplace, at school, wherever, your neighbor, but eventually, you have to bring them to church. And if they don't find that love for one another here, it will be very difficult to convince that person that the truth is being proclaimed. The truth may be proclaimed even, but if it is done without love, if I had the gift to speak, tongues of angel, yet have no charity and nothing. God is love. And not to acknowledge that, not to let that work in our midst, is to deny God, is to deny him. May the Lord bless and add where it has been lacking. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. All things begin with God, who is love. And all things will end with God's love. I, also in the epistle of John, it says, we don't see now clearly, but then we shall see face to face and be like he is.
because we shall see him face to face. We shall see God by face to face and will be included in that perfect love relationship that he had in the beginning with the Father. To God be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes us.